Welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience in new ways as you move into retirement or unretirement, as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. Um, each episode, we invite a guest to share their story of leaving traditional working life and starting new things. And I know what a challenging time this can be, so I hope that these guests will help you with ideas and perhaps inspire you if things are harder at the moment than you thought they might be. So today we're delighted to welcome Amanda Wheel. And she was a teacher and she had in more recently has gone into management roles. And now she's become a celebrant. And I only discovered about celebrants earlier this year when my daughter got married and had a celebrant. And I think it's a fantastic thing to do. So, Amanda, welcome. We want to hear all about your story. Thank you. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to share with you. Hi, Amanda. Um, yeah, maybe you can tell us a little bit. You, you're obviously were a teacher for some time and then um, quite a big change of direction. Um, could you just give us your sort of quick summary that would be great well the quick summary um i would say i was a teacher for over 30 years uh, i was relatively happy teaching i was you know successful good at it you know i was in a very accountable position at school um but i loved it every now and then sometimes maybe if i was doing a test with students you know i'd look out the window in a quiet moment watching the world go by and thinking I wonder what everybody else does, you know, because teaching is a very sort of insular profession. And occasionally I'd have a few thoughts like that. Education was changing. There were things I weren't happy with. And then literally out of the blue, uh, my brother died. And then I found out what a celebrant was. And the celebrant at my brother's funeral was so inspirational that I thought that's a really nice thing to do for people. And I would really like to do that. Um, so it was almost like a calling. And so and then initially I thought, well, it's probably just grief talking. So I waited a while. And six months later, during the school summer holidays, it was still there in the back of my mind. So I decided to do some research. I found a good provider and decided to train as a celebrant alongside when I was teaching. And then I was going to wait a little longer before I started out in, in setting up a business, but I just, things in teaching were changing and there were things I didn't like, and I just really wanted to go out there and just go for it. Um, and in between times, I had lost quite a few other people. I'd lost my father, I'd lost some of my friends, and I just had this whole outlook on that, you know, you just need to go for it in life. and. It makes you think about your own mortality when you lose people that are close to you. And up until my brother, I hadn't really thought about it very much. And then it was sort of like tumble domino effect. You know, I lost other people and it really made me think. And I just thought, you know, I was always telling people life's too short. Go for it. Go for it. And I thought I should really act on my own advice and just do it. And, and that's when I started. And obviously then COVID hit, which was a whole other story. But yeah, that's. That was the impetus, really. So great, Amanda. And I love the way that you've been sort of thinking and working out, sort of coming up with the idea and then researching it. Have there been any, well, I guess there probably have been some surprises. So what 
did you find along that journey? What was what were the good surprises and what were the difficult surprises as you were researching and creating this new life? Um, it was really complicated. Um, and I, I surprised myself because I'm a great one for not reinventing the wheel. And if there's a shortcut, I'll take it. Like I'm very professional at work, very organized, but you know, and I, I used to encourage my students, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. If there's a shortcut, take it. It's quicker to do it this way. So to get into this thing was massive for me. And I'd just been sat back, you know, in my teaching career, everything was easy. I was told when my holidays were, I was paid for my holidays, took the salary, really straightforward. I could just lay back and do my work. And now all of a sudden, I, I thought about the fact that I had to learn. And when it came to teaching, I didn't really have to learn a lot teaching because I've been doing it for so long. But as soon as I had to do a course or a fire safety course, I really just, you know, I was thinking life's too short. I don't want to be learning at my age. And yet all of a sudden I had to do, I think, 18 units. I had to do it in my weekends, my spare time. I had to find a decent provider. And I discovered that there's quite a few cowboys out there. So I wanted to find a recognized qualification. And then I was thinking, do you really want to be learning again and reading? You know, as a teacher, you read so much that in my spare time, I'd stop reading for fun. And so there was all these challenges. I knew nothing about business, absolutely nothing. Um, tech wise, I wasn't on Facebook. I didn't really use Instagram. So it was almost like in that learning process, it was like doing a degree in social media and marketing, well, you'll know, on its own. I mean, that is a huge area. And I couldn't afford to pay somebody to do it. Um, and alongside, everybody says, oh, it was really brave. You took a really big risk. And yes, I did. But for me, that was more of a risk of emotion, a risk of failing. Financially, you know, I had some financial background there and I had the financial wherewithal to take that risk so if the business failed I would be safe so yes it was very brave but in some ways I had that financial stability so I think you have to before you even think about it you have to know that that's there you know especially later in life you can't risk remortgaging your house or anything like that you know take risks but take calculated risks mm. and then of course the emotional journey is easier sorry to interrupt amanda i wanted to ask you about the emotional journey actually because obviously you know a bereavement or a series of bereavements is is a terrible thing to go through um but but can you just tell us a bit about the ups and downs emotionally but also if you got support um who did you turn to what kind of support did you need and get in in that time? Yeah, I mean, the emotional issues are surprising. You don't expect them because from my perspective, um, everything is, you know, as a teacher, it's all very logistical, planning this, scheduling that, having action plans. And actually, you are the driver of your business. So emotionally, you have to be in a good place all of the time, really, because People say, you know, what's the most important thing in your business? You are the most important resource. Um, in terms of the bereavements, yeah, I mean, that on its own is quite hard to deal with. Um, 
but then that makes you stronger. But there's a whole emotional journey when you start a business. So you have to become, if you're not that sort of a person, I think you have to become a really extroverted person. You have to be good at just putting yourself out there. You can't be afraid to fail and you can't be afraid of other people's opinions. So for me, I was always quite outspoken and quite a confident person, obviously through the job I did. But a lot of people, and, and even myself, you're worried about what other people will think about you. So you might be worried about what your family will think about you setting up a business, what your ex-colleagues will be thinking about you, you know, whether people are just waiting for you to trip up. And there is a lot of imposter syndrome once you start your own business as well. And so it is massively important. Like I would say my wedding industry coach probably saved me several times from going under and it's really important to have a coach that's in your industry especially for me who knew nothing about the industry but also is really holistic so you don't just learn about marketing you get support with the emotional issues mm -hmm. they understand you know they don't tell you things but when I used to say things they'd be like oh yeah that always happens and I'd never thought it would happen so for example one of the things I've had to manage, not only things like imposter syndrome and dealing with days when I don't feel like showing up because everybody has those days. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if there's other things going on in your life, that's really hard. You know, if I schedule a line and that day I wake up and there's a whole lot of other stuff I've got to deal with. I've got to, you know, like today, I've got to appear in front of the camera and be, you know, all singing and all marvelous. Um, and sometimes that's quite hard when you do a live. So I do create, like today is fine, but sometimes if I'm not feeling right, I'll, you know, put some music on and dance around the room just to get like on a high so I can then go on the live and be, you know, all enthusiastic. But um, it is difficult. And one of the things that you learn as a celebrant, especially, is that there's an incredible high when you do a wedding. You, I personally become very emotionally invested with the couple. Mm -hmm. So I'm as excited as they are. It's as big a deal to me as it is to them. And after each wedding, there's a massive come down. Especially when, like mo most of the time, I will stay 10 or 15 minutes after the ceremony. And then I, ha I go. I discreetly just slip away. And I always want to stay and party because I can be quite a party animal as well. And very rarely, sometimes they do invite me to stay and I do stay for a little while. But quite often I slip away before all the real fun starts. And then you just go home and then, you know, there's just you, really. Yeah. And funnily enough, when I think about how I feel about that, it's a bit like um, with the bereavements you're just sort of on this high and very practical and emotionally you're sort of holding everything together and then the day after the funeral everybody at the funeral says oh you know you're coping really well and what the day after the funeral you just crash yeah. and i don't know if you've had a bereavement i think if you do you'll know yeah so there's sort of there have been emotional parallels in my life before a celebrant but you know you never put it all together until you complete that jigsaw and then all yeah. the pieces you're like oh yeah that's why that happened because that taught me how to deal with this and now I'm dealing with it on a different level. So I'm really interested Amanda in you talking about um, the I think you called her a wedding coach 
and sort of helping you. I didn't know that that, that sort of was part of it. It was really interesting. What did they help you? Because it sounds like they helped you with the actual being a celebrant, but also the business. And I'm sort of going, just exploring a bit more here, because I think people will be interested that bit about getting help when you start a business. I think it is always harder than people imagine. Uh, and you talked about the resilience you need, but did they help you with practical things as well? Oh, incredibly. So for me, I the where I trained as a celebrant, they are a fellowship as well. So I have that support and that backup. But right. a lot of people in that group I later discovered focus more on funerals. There's fewer wedding celebrants, and and that's quite a long established thing. So I joined Facebook and that this whole new world opened up for me and I would recommend it for anyone starting a business join free Facebook groups in your niche just join them and see who you click with and who you connect with now I had some bad experiences and I invested in one group and very quickly because it was all so exciting and new and that wasn't the right group for me and unfortunately that particular person wasn't happy to refund me any of my money, even though I left fairly quickly. So I got quite badly stung initially. Another free group I decided to join as a, pay mem a paid member. And initially I didn't click with that coach because as I say, I'm quite outspoken. And so initially something had happened and I said, oh, I'm not happy about this. And then they explained it to me and then we clicked. And that coach now, I don't know if I can mention her name, but I my business would be nowhere I mean without her I don't possibly wouldn't even still be in business or in business as well as I'm doing so that her name is Kelly Mortimer you've probably heard of her she's on LinkedIn she's I would say one of the top wedding coaches in the industry um, and her group's called the next level her membership group and um, she is like I say very holistic so there's master classes there's weekly guest speakers that help you with you keep you up to date with all the marketing things there are units you can work through if you choose to uh, we've done a three-day wedding retreat which was when i thought wow when i arrived at the wedding wedding retreat i thought wow i have really arrived in the wedding industry i couldn't be i was like wow a year ago i was in a classroom now i'm here you know this is just amazing how um, lovely amazing um and also you know she there's there's somebody who comes and does uh, mindset work with us meditation so it's a really holistic approach and you need that so yes you can pay somebody to do marketing you can pay somebody to do social media um but you need i think it's better to have one person that you really click with that can do all of that for you or, and if they can't they get specialists in so I constantly credit her as one of the major reasons why, my, why I'm here and why my business does so well. I, it's a fantastic message, Amanda. The um, we reflected on this not so long ago that um, when you do make a big change like this, um, you find that your new network <laughs> is actually completely different from your old network. That you end up, um, you know, spending more time with new people people you've just met and getting more out of them than than the people that you work with for 30 years that at least that was my experience um, yeah and that's that's really interesting because that creates problems as well yes yes um, so you know 
a lot of my friends are still teachers. Some of my best friends are still teachers. And initially they would say, how's it all going? And I'd start to talk to them. And you could see that I was used, sometimes I was using terms that they didn't understand. Yeah. And, you know, you just make assumptions that you're still with them on that, that same level. And, and as, as my business developed and our relationship changed a little bit, I spoke less about my business unless they asked me. Because also that's difficult because they may be thinking, oh, you know, all right, you're doing great. I'm still stuck in teaching. Yes, and I'm not yes. saying, I'm not yeah. saying they were thinking that, but from my perspective, I was like, hang on, I need a bit of emotional intelligence here. Yeah. And I need a bit of empathy. I need to like tone it down. And also fair juice to them. They talked less about teaching when I was there. You know, so when we all met together, they weren't talking about all the things that they were going through in school unless I asked them. Mm. So yeah. your personal relationships take on a different perspective and they change. Mm. But, you know, you know, people always say that's evolution. We're just evolving as people. Yeah, you're right, Amanda. And I think you, you raise a really good point about I think a lot of relationships change at this stage inevitably because so much and people rely so much on their work colleagues as a huge amount of their social life usually is what people find and they don't actually even register to what extent that's wrapped up that's very very wise and, and, and helpful insight Sarah Amanda so here you are fantastic celebrant on a high I would say and fantastic and well done what about the future um for the future really I'd, I'd like to do I've got a wedding in Spain next year um, and I'd like to do more destination weddings. Oh. I have, I found that everybody like yourself wants to hear my story. So, you know, I did the BBC thing with Dougal Shaw, CEO secrets. And I'm forever, I'm not just saying this, like I met him in London at the BBC and I was like, you know, this is, I just can't believe my life sometimes. <laughs> it is a real pinch. I never would have imagined that I was doing these things. And we were walking somewhere to do it, to do the video. And I said, Dougal, I'm not being funny. I just need to be honest. I am not one, you know, you've interviewed people, you've interviewed the dragons, you've interviewed all these famous people. I'm just me, I'm not a CEO. Yes, I'm an, people call me an entrepreneur, which I find really bizarre. Um, I said, but I'm just me, you know, I don't earn, my business doesn't earn thousands millions of pounds i'm just an ordinary person and like why why are you interested in me and he's like well it's a good story you know and i interview all sorts of people and after i did that i had so many people contact me from all over the world saying oh your story is incredible you know it's aspirational and i struggled to to get my head around that because i just i'm it's just me it's just what i've done and what i do and to me it's not I haven't done anything miraculous. I've just done what I want to do. And I've been quite ruthless about, right, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it my way because life's too short. And it's just at the minute, it's all turned out terrifically well. So I'd, I, I sometimes think maybe I should, you know, do a TED talk or do a book or something. I don't know, um, maybe that's later. I th I'd quite like to do it. I'd love to do a TED talk. Um, I still, I do a, a lot of psychology stuff, like I've written about the psychology of relationships for Mary Claire and 
I, I write sometimes on Thrive. So I quite like doing all those sorts of things. So really, I'm open to anything. You know, if somebody approached me and said, would you do this? I had uh, Channel 5 call me and talk about doing um, bargain Brits in the sun or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, talk to me about it. So I guess if I was to really focus, it would be to do more destination weddings and travel. We often interview people who ended up doing something that was the end of a chain of things happening you know that, that one thing led to another and 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 it's just a voyage of discovery and i think that that is fantastic in your story and and you know as you say it's sort of it's not it's it's ongoing i mean it's certainly not come to an end i i just wonder though for the benefit of people listening if you would think about going through this journey if there are any things that you would have done differently or you know if, if there's anything you learned that, that you'd like to share? Oh, wow. Yeah, I learned an awful lot, actually. Um, I made mistakes. I lost money by, um, you know, investing in things that weren't right for me. What you will find is once people discover you, they will offer you all sorts of amazing things if you're willing to pay for it. Mm. And so I, I did a lot of paid advertising and, and people were very convincing about the benefits of that to me. And uh, actually, you know, I, I got no leads from those sorts of things. And so I learned a lot about that and I thought about what really would work for me. For example, now I do more wedding fairs so I can talk to people yeah. rather than just have an advert in the magazine. Also, you will, bizarrely enough, and I, I thought, again, as we were talking earlier, that this was just me, but apparently it's very common. You have burnout you will have some point where you almost have like a mini breakdown. So when I first started, I was so excited. I, I, every free resource on Facebook, I printed off. My printer was going like, stop, you're not even reading this stuff. I didn't have time to read it, but I had to download it and print it off. I had to do everything. I couldn't sleep because I was so excited thinking about what I was gonna do the next day in my business. I'd wake up really excited and have a million things to do. And in the end, it was just too much. It was emotionally such a high all the time. And I got ill, not massively ill, but I got ill. I became run down. And I just had to stop and reprioritize. And I think, I don't think there's a way of avoiding that because you just get so caught up in the excitement of having your own business and the freedom as well. You have to be really disciplined because if you're working for yourself, you know, you can easily sit down, put the TV on, and three hours have passed and you've done nothing. So it's really important to keep that balance of work and play um, and almost schedule in. You know, there's a lot of, when you work with coaches, you're always talking about schedule your time, but always schedule golden hours where you, even if it's that Monday morning, you might decide you're not great on a Monday morning. Okay, well, don't do work stuff first thing on a Monday. Take two hours and do you. And then on Monday afternoon, start work. You know, you set your own boundaries, but you have to set boundaries. You have to be disciplined. And it is difficult. That is very difficult, especially if you come from a very structured and disciplined yes. environment. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. for teaching, I didn't have to think about anything. The bell rang, I, I started another lesson. The bell rang, I had lunch. You know, the bell rang, I went home. My holidays were scheduled. You have to do all that yourself. And it sounds mm. really straightforward, 
but it's not because things come up. You know, I might schedule a day off tomorrow to play golf and then I'll get a client phone me and say, right, the only time I can talk to you is tomorrow. Can you fit me in tomorrow? So then you're like, okay, you know, what comes first, business or pleasure? And so those sorts of things are very difficult and you have to develop your own boundaries about. Some people will just say, okay, golf's off tomorrow. Other other people might say, no, I'm still going to do golf and I'll talk to them next week. So yeah. you have to establish those for yourself. And that that is actually time consuming on its own. Yes. And, well, and you have to learn all the tips and tricks, like I say, from coaches, things like scheduling your social media. Yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Amanda, I know that you will really help so many people. Um, it, that bit about sort of working out things, but also about going for it. Um, I can't believe Trevor and I meet so many people at this stage of life. And I just had um, something with somebody yesterday and she said, you gave me, I was saying, well done, because she's just created all sorts of interesting things. She said, yeah, but you gave me the confidence. And it's amazing how people can lack confidence at this stage of life because it's something new. And you have just shown exactly, it isn't necessarily easy, but I can see by the sort of the enthusiasm in you, it's so rewarding. And you know, I can hear that it's going to get better and better for you. And thank you so much, Amanda. Uh, we love sharing this or hearing your story and, and to share it with others. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It was great to meet you. Lovely. And you, thank you for allowing me to do this. It's been great. I've loved it. As you can see, I can talk for England. So. <laughs> but then that's what I do for a living so you know thank you well that was really inspiring for people I know that we meet so many people who kind of um, they have ideas and it it doesn't actually take much to give people confidence to go for it but there's still that feeling I I was interested Amanda mentioned imposter syndrome yeah and I think there's something so different at this stage you know later in life it it does take a bit of confidence i guess uh, is it brave i don't know um interesting when she said other people say she's brave um what did you get from that trevor she, she's interesting for lots of reasons i mean you yeah. you mentioned at the end that there was a lot of practical advice there particularly yes. about transitioning from a very corporate controlled environment into yes. something yes. completely free form but the thing mm. that really struck me let's hope that this strikes other people mm-hmm. is she was inspired. She was inspired by an experience in her life. And she referred to that as a calling. And all of the skills or a lot of the skills that she had in her corporate life. Yes, right. Completely transferable into a totally different environment, all of the communication skills, all of the ability to inspire people, some of the psychology insights, you know, all of that was immediately yeah. transferable into a new role and you know she's <laughs> she's obviously still in the stage of being very very excited about it but yeah right it, it, yes it, it's that, that imposter syndrome that she talked about is so common i was also interested as with so many people at this stage of life that they've ignored social media they thought it was horrible oh, yeah. would never do anything in yeah, it yeah, yeah. and then you realize it's kind of the only way to go, you, you know, particularly when you're yeah. starting out on your own. And actually, it doesn't matter whether you are as an individual or creating a business as she has done. 
you, you know, how else do people know where you are? I just recently cleared out a cupboard um, and I had in there, I think, 10 phone directories, telephone directories that we just hadn't touched clearly for years. And you look at it and I was thinking about, you know, once upon a time, if somebody had retired and you wanted to contact them, you would have gone, you'd have said, oh, I think they live in wherever, roughly whatever. And you'd have gone through the phone book and you might have tried two or three people before you found the person. These days, how does anybody find you? If you're no longer on a company website or in a circle that people know how to get you at the school, for instance, and somebody wants to get involved with you and they want you to come and help or do anything, how do they get hold of you anymore? Yeah. It's a really basic level, I think that's where it is, but also so that people get to know you. And as you say, you know, she's trying to promote, she said you've got to be much more extrovert. And I think that's for everybody, just yeah. being pushy in any way, but it's making sure people know what you're doing so they can say, actually, I've got some, I'd love you to help me with something or other. She she also was, I thought, very thoughtful and and very interesting on the whole subject of, of coaching and mentoring. Yes. Um, you know, she and she had a couple of goes, you know, <laughs> she, <Yes. laughs> she had a couple of disasters um, before she found the right person. But once she found the right person, you know, she credits them with an awful lot of her personal success. And often that is a, a step that I'm, I'm, I'm going to regret saying this, that I think women are more open to than men generally speaking <laughs> but it, it's incredibly constructive to ask for help and get help from the right people you know what else struck me when she said there's a lot of people out there who take your money and in many ways that was where yeah. next up because i was seeing people who had there were an awful lot of people who'd been promised exactly but had been reassured that yes they were just right to get a non-exec role just pay us thousand or whatever oh, yeah. it was oh, yeah. and you know yes we can help you and you're going to get roles and things when to be honest there was probably really slim chance that they ever were going to yeah. and that creates more of a problem because people are quite unsure and they don't know what's what's right or credible in this market yeah. and then they start taking that on themselves as being i'm the one who's failed here it's not that this is a rubbish service or was never yeah. going to work they think I'm a failure at this yeah. stage of life. Yeah. And, and, uh, I and, there like that. And we've talked about this a lot, Victoria. You know, at this stage in life, things very rarely just fall into your lap. Mm. You know, and, and for Amanda to make the success of being a celebrant that she has, she worked very hard. She has. And she's been prepared to say, which is essential when you have a business, that's not worked. Uh, yeah. I laughed. I was I was saying to her when I was introducing myself, I'm on about the fifth iteration of this business. Because you try things, the the principle was needed. It was just how do we make it work? You know, yeah. essentially who pays for it and how do we make it work and where do we find those people and package? And you know, we've had to try all sorts of things and ditch them and think that's not working, move on. And I think you've got to have, I'm lucky because I've had a business for years, so I'm used to having to reinvent constantly but I think when you've as she was saying you come from such a secure background and you've not had you've had to change and learn within that school environment but and you know others in corporate environments but not really usually to reinvent yourself and find out what that is that you've got to make it start from scratch so as usual really inspiring so thank you Amanda 
Um, we've enjoyed that and lots and lots of things for people to take from your talk. So if you've been inspired as we have been by Amanda and our other fantastic guests, do subscribe and join us for a regular catch up. So we're covering everything from the finances and sitting down with your family and how you work out what you're going to do. So please do go to the website next-up.com. Don't forget the hyphen. Um, it's full of tips and inspiration and stories for you to see things that people have done and perhaps consider whether that might be something that you would be interested in doing. So do subscribe and join us next time.